Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, hey there. Welcome to the very latest Driven Chat podcast. I'm Andy J, and I wanted to say hello at the start because I haven't been doing the pod for much recently. Yeah, I know. I've been off doing radio bits and bobs and other things and, you know, the businessy side of this that no one (laughs) else has to worry about. So I've missed a few, but thankfully, John and Amy, hello, you two. Hi. Been doing a more than brilliant job in my absence. Probably, probably a better job. So that's as much as I'm going to say. <laughs> Hello and goodbye. John, over to you. Oh, well, thanks, Andy. Yeah, and uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Driven Chat podcast. Uh, that was Andy J. He's now walking out the door. No, he's, still, he's obviously <laughs> going to stay with us. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, we are here, as we usually are, at Caffeine and Machine, parked up in a not-so-gloriously-sunny day. We've been spoilt, I feel, this summer. Although we've had a bit of an iffy no, summer. No, we have not been spoiled this well, summer. Well, well, Overall, had. it's been a bit pants. It has. It, yes, that's what I was getting to. It has been a bit pants. We, we've had a, a, a... It's been hit and miss, hasn't it? But the vast majority of our... Tuesday evening recordings, which is when we do these recordings at Caffeine and Machine in our studio truck. It's been glorious. We've had the most beautiful sunsets and packed car parks. And today, it's autumn, isn't it? I mean, consider yourselves warned, dear listener, for the next few pods, we're going to be whinging about, and it's going to be get progressively colder. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about how cold the truck is, how we're wearing coats. <laughs> We've got hypothermia. We're wet through. But it's just part of the fun of, uh, look, listen, we have the best weather in the world here in the UK. We have proper seasons and that's what makes it great it's true it's true anyway it feels like i've started a zoom call where we've had to discuss weather and uh, (laughs) taking dogs for walks and things far more exciting things to talk about today because we're going to talk about ultimately toys and i like toys because we are joined by ben headley who happens to be the ceo are you the ceo yeah, I think so. CEO. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> CEO. Because some people don't like CEO. Some people say, oh, no, I'll just sit with boss or MD or something. But CEO, I like it. Are you the founder? Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was the founder. And we, you know, when you come up with the title, there's one person in the room when I founded it. So uh, CEO sounds good. I was my own CEO. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I could order myself about. <laughs> CEO of one. John hasn't given you the name of the company. That's true. Go on, proper, so, proper intro. Go on, John. I'm going to go for the proper intro. On. So Ben is the CEO of a company which I, I'm just obsessed with at the moment, and they're called The Little Car Company. See if you can guess what they do. <laughs> <laughs> do they have tiny cars? Yes. It's just a guess. I Not mean, I might tiny, be wrong. Little. little, sorry, little. Yes, little Miniature. cars. Um, I mean, Ben, you're going, to, you're going to tell a better story than I am about your own company, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but like ultimately, how, how tiny are we, t- are we talking? How little, sorry, how little are we talking? So still about, they're about three metres long. They Still quite big for a little car. Yeah, pretty big. They, they, the stats, they're between 66 and 75% scale. 
Okay. And they weigh usually about 250 kilos and they'll do about 45, 50 miles an hour, give or take. Which is pretty fast. That is pretty fast. Is that bigger than most minis? No. As in the proper... Like Three metres long? Yeah. No. 500, how big is that? <laughs> Do you want me to get my encyclopedia of yes. car sizes <laughs> Yes, out? you're the car expert. Um, a, a, a Mini, no, a Mini's about 4, 4.2. Is it? Yeah. I've no idea. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. No, the thing that really excites me about the little car company, Ben's company, is you make cars, Ben, which are actual, physical, licensed cars. So you make Bugattis, Aston Martins, and now a Ferrari which legitimately have Bugatti badges, Aston Martin badges, and Ferrari badges, Yeah, it's, which is amazing. It's kind of nuts. We sort of have to pinch ourselves a little bit because we've, yeah, we've recently we've built the first ever Ferrari outside of Maranello. It's the first ever electric Ferrari as well. And uh, the, 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 the opportunity to do it and play with these guys, it's, it's incredible. It, it, and I can't stress that enough because there will be some people at home listening to this who are going, oh, I could build a car and put a Ferrari badge on it. You can't. Ferrari you, do not give badges to anybody. They, it's the most difficult manufacturer to work with to do anything collaborative. If you want to make a hat with a Ferrari logo on it, somebody will hit you with a cease and desist letter straight away. There's somebody waiting over your shoulder with a, with a letter. I cannot even begin to imagine the process. Of, like, did you pick up the phone one day to Marinello and go, oh, yeah, so what do you think about doing this? How did that and even did begin? Did you do it in Italian? Oh, no, I can only swear in Italian. I don't know any words apart from swearers in Italian, but they can be useful early in the project. But no, we, um, I guess, because I was approached to, for, by Bugatti originally to make the, the follow-up to the Bugatti baby in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And off the back of that, we thought, well, what else can we do? What can we do next? So we, we spoke to Aston Martin, and then we, I can't even remember if we approached Ferrari or they approached us, but because we had done such a detailed job on the Bugatti, they, they sort of said, ah, oh, we thought you were bringing out, we took a car out for them to see. And they said, we thought you were bringing us a toy, but you brought us a little car. We're like, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And the feedback we've had from the test driver, Rafa Desimone, when he took out for a spin on their secret <laughs> test track was, uh, yeah, it's great. Suspension's too hard and it's too fast. <laughs> really? Which we took as a compliment. Oh, that is incredible. That is incredible. And the, I kind of, I, I guess let's, let's peel it right back to the beginning. How, how do you end up one day standing in your own beautiful workshops. I've been, I've been lucky enough to ha- go and have a, a little tour of your facility. And it's amazing because it is like this beautifully, you could eat your dinner off the floor kind of environment. Everything's clean. All the staff are brilliantly friendly and welcoming and it just looks great. And I, it's the kind of place I walk in and go, oh, I wouldn't mind being the CEO of this company. It looks <laughs> fantastic. But is everything, does... while you're painting the picture, I mm-hmm. have to know, is everything a little bit smaller? Are the oh, tools like a little bit smaller? <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah, like a little tiny miniature spanner. Yeah, we can make like the chairs a bit smaller and yes. the desks <laughs> economise. The, the ceiling's just a little bit lower. Yeah. You know, the windows are just a little lower than usual. That kind of thing. We only recruit people of below average height. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like, how how does like I I I don't know anything about the the beginnings of your company, and I'm I'm glad about that because I want to hear all of it. Where did it come? Like, you know, do you think to yourself, you know what, I would really like a Bugatti, but I can't quite reach there yet financially. I'll make a really little one. How how did it start? It, what was the first car that you thought, let's make this, but miniature, this would be really cool? So I, I used to run a company that imported cars that were sort of, uh, they weren't official or anything like that. And they, they were like kind of go, go-karts, beautiful looking go-karts. And we'd thought over the years about potentially developing our own car, but it's, you know, it's a, it's, it was a bit of a punt, to be honest. Um, but then Bugatti approached us, and we realised that back in the 1920s, Atari Bugatti had built some 50%, well, he built 500 Bugatti babies. They were half-scale Type 35s. And now if you want to pick one up at auction, they're about $100,000 plus. Um, and they're beautiful bits of little engineering. And Bugatti wants to do a follow-up um, for their 110th birthday. And they sort of said to us, you know, can you help out? We're, they were doing the Voiture Noire at the time, okay. which was announced the, I think it was 2019 Geneva show. And so, yeah, we, so we, we had a think and we said, yeah, we, we reckon we can do this. Um, and we persuaded them that rather than do a 50% scale Bugatti, which back in the day was a bit small for eight-year-olds, we'd make it 75% scale and then you could fit adults in. Because let's be honest, 
adults want to drive these things <laughs> more than the kids do. Um, so we did, and and it it went from there. And we thought, you know, there was two ways you can do it. You can either we could have either shipped it out, made them cheap, bang them out, and disappear off to the Maldives with a suitcase full of money, or we that could go fun. Yeah, <laughs> there's many times when I've gone look back and gone, oh, so much easier. Maldives with a suitcase full of money. Yeah. No, no, I'll st- I'll just stay and keep I'll working. Do the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we went back to the original source material. So we went to a Type 35. We scanned every single component and we shrunk it down 25%. We got rid of things like the straight eight because it's an electric car. Yeah. And then we just rebuilt it. So the suspension geometry is the same. The parts are the same. We Where we uh, didn't have things which we could reuse, such like the, the fuel pressure gauge, we turned that into the into the battery gauge. We have so, so to be clear, the, the, the little cars that you're making, because we haven't even established this. We've used the words Bugatti, Ferrari and Aston Martin, but we haven't established whether you're making little versions of existing models or whether you're doing your interpretation of a Bugatti or a Ferrari or an Aston. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they are. But the Type 35 is literally a little version of an exact replica. Type 35, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's replica is the wrong word, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's a real, it is a real recognised Bugatti. Yes, yeah, exactly. And there's, there's, it's an interesting thing in the market at the moment. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's brilliant. Fun. Yeah. But it, there's something interesting. There's been a bit of a backlash to some of the continuation models that are coming out. Um, so some collectors think that the you know by replicating, making these brand new you know, uh, D-types or, or, or blowers, that it's, it can sort of, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's impacting the value of the original cars. Mm. What's been really good is we're not trying to remake the original. We're no, trying to... We're doing a reinterpretation. The whole plan is that we bring all these beautiful cars are kept in collections and no one ever gets to drive them. They're too valuable. You take your DB5 for a drive, you've lost a thousand pounds on the value. Whereas what we're trying to do is bring these beautiful shapes from the past to a new audience because they're not the same size and because they're they're different, they're electric powertrains. They're they're far enough away that we're not treading on the toes of the original. Yeah. But also we're, we're trying to show that EVs can be fun and also that whole, you know, Werther's Originals moment. I'm showing my age now so badly. <laughs> but it's that whole, you know, grand grandparent with grandchild on knee, yeah. teaching them how to drive, that kind of stuff. To be fair, quite a lot of our listeners won't get the reference, the Werther's Originals. <laughs> it was an advert in the 90s. It still is, isn't it? Isn't it? I, don't, I don't watch I don't television. I don't watch television, John. Come on. No, but you haven't seen the Werther's advert for a while. No, I don't think... The, and it was, it was that thing. It was that slogan, which is your grandparent would always give you a Werther's. Which is, it was, I mean, I've, now this is now feeling like the Driven Chat podcast in association with Werther's original. <laughs> I, I'm feeling myself craving that toffee chew experience now. But yes, it is an older reference that you and I get. Amy's completely lost. She's like, it's like think Haribo, but older. You know what? Uh, the, the reason why I remember it is because, you know, it, when you're a kid, more John, we used to record like films from the TV on your, your VHS. Yeah. And they had all the adverts in the middle. Oh, yeah. And then you'd watch those for years to come later, like when you were 10, something that you recorded on the TV about, well, your mum and dad recorded it when you were about two. It was those old adverts. That's the only reason why I still know it, I'm afraid. It's on some old VHS of yours. Yeah, which is probably half taped over with Coronation Street or something like that. But um, one question I had, of course, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> are, these, are these road legal? Can you drive them on the road? Ah, it's, Yet. Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting one. I have to always be quite careful what I say. So we, we they're not designed to be road legal. Okay. Um, the We know at least one of our clients is already driving his on the road um, <laughs> in the Netherlands, I think. Cool. And we know some others have the intentions of kind of converting them to road use. We are not doing it at the moment. We we kind of stay away from that. When, However, they, when they leave you, they're not road legal. Yeah. But there's a conversion process that they can be done. It, it is possible. Yeah, okay. It is possible. Um, that said, we are doing the Tamiya, which will be possible to make road legal. Yeah. Now you've just dropped the magic. That was uh, there was like a Tamiya yeah. alarm bell going off. That was the one I was getting a bit excited for because yeah, the so the press release came out a good few months ago now about the the Tamiya build. So just in case there's anyone that isn't aware of what we're talking about, if you can just imagine, dear listener at home, the Tamiya remote control car that you wanted as a child or the Tamiya remote control car that maybe you saw an older relative with or a neighbour from down the road with, the little car company now are making that car, but in kit form, yeah, which you can actually build yourself. <coughs> and if you pay a little bit more money, and I won't, I'll let you mention the price because I'm still blown away by how affordable I think this is, you can pay a little bit more money and get the road legal package. 
Yeah. So you can drive a Tamiya remote control well, car. Well, you build it first. Once you build That's it. That's a great <laughs> thing. I love it. It comes in the box, right? It comes in the box, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Mass, it's going to have a sticker sheet about six foot tall. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> um, but no, it's it, w- one of the things we frustrate, because we because we went so accurate with the with the Bugatti baby and with the DB5. If you if you stick a bunch of Smith's instruments from a DB5 yeah. in a little version, they still cost the same. Yeah, of course. But a DB5 is like a million pounds now, whereas our little cars... So, so there was this real challenge we had in that we wanted to go broader and let more people drive them because they're just fun. Mm. So we went back to the drawing board and said, how can we make this simpler? Well, let's take a small car and make it bigger rather than make a, take a big car and make it smaller. I love that. That is um, a proper pivot. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and we thought, you know, uh, as a you know, 10-year-old, you fantasise about driving your real RC car yeah. sitting in it. And so we're going to do it. No, you can. So, yes, let's, let's talk prices because, uh, to be fair, to buy the Ferrari, to buy the Aston, to buy the Bugatti, that is out of most people's reaches, especially as, you know, they are effectively for use around an estate or in a private space. I mean, we're looking at, Many tens of thousands of pounds, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, Bugatti starts at thirty thousand euros and goes up to about double that. The Aston starts at thirty-five thousand pounds to forty-five thousand pounds, and then there's the one we haven't talked about yet, and the Ferrari sort of ninety-three thousand euros upwards. Yeah, that's ninety-three thousand euros for a car you can't take on the road. Is there's there's a sh- sort of finite number of people that could yep. just drop that sort of cash. Uh, John Markar's the only one in this room. <laughs> However, the the self-built Tamiya that you can take on the road, how much is that going to cost me? Because I'm clearly buying one. Uh, it's going to be about £6,000. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, yeah. that's still a lot of money, but it's still, I mean, yeah, six grand for a car. You build yourself as you're allowed on the road. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. We, we've got, we're trying to be true to the original as well. So we're doing lots of hop-ups. So you get your base car and you get one battery pack and then you can stick in another battery pack. You beg bigger motors and, you know, accessories and all kinds of stuff. So we'd, I love this. should be fun. This is really cool. Can you get it so that you could actually put a spare battery on the sort of passenger seat? We can just kind of keep going, flip it in. Yeah, well, no, we're, we're looking to have them in parallel. So you, I think the battery packs would be about 30 to 40 kilometers per pack and they're okay. about 12 kilos. You slot one in and that's good. And then... Then you can put another three in parallel. So you just, there you go, it's 160 kilometres of range. In theory, we need to test yeah. it. Yeah. And what sort, of, what sort of kind of speed are you getting? So the, the base car is going to be limited, well, it's going to be about 30 miles an hour. Okay. With one pack. You can have a lot of fun with this, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just, just to throw in as well, if you, need, if you do need help testing, very happy. <laughs> My weekends are very free at the moment. I'm very happy to just go, go down to Bicester and drive around that circuit until I throw up. Well, actually, why, doesn't, why don't you get John to help you build them and then Amy and I could help you drive them? We could do that, that. Would, that would feel like a better use of that. And maybe we could get one lovely listener to join us. I'm, th- I'm turning this into a competition now. Well, I'm just imagining, like, it's almost like a, a miniature Goodwood revival, isn't it? If you went to, like, for instance, on the Bicester Heritage track, <gasps> and you ha- exactly, get one of each, suddenly... A little car company motor racing festival. Yes, no oh. pressure. No, but yeah. you know, we, we <laughs> come up with a brilliant idea for you. You know, sponsored by I don't know Hot Wheels, something like that. It's it, who knows. Perfect. No, we, funnily enough, we've done something sort of similar already, which is quite fun. Which hasn't sort of been announced yet. I might get in trouble for saying something, but we. I can't. I can't read the the, the face you just got there. I can't read I whether you that got was yeah. a, whether no, that was a talk. nod or a shake. <laughs> it's a benefit of the listener. We have it, also joining us in the studio. We have um, we have Emily who is. Head of PR, aren't you? And and Emily's before we started recording. Feel free to say hello, Emily. Hello, listen. <laughs> before we started recording, Ben said, well, Emily's basically going to sit opposite me and kick me under the table if I say anything wrong. It's quite interesting. Every time Ben says something remotely exciting, he looks towards Emily, and then so do I, because I want to see the reaction. Is this safe? Are we good? Are we good? We're, we're, good. we're good. We're good. Yeah. Right. So we, we, we did this thing, because we really wanted to get more people into the cars. And so we, we did this thing. We did the little car company driving license. And the idea is you, it's a parent and child combination. They come for a half day at Bist Heritage. They get to learn to drive in a Bugatti, an Aston or a Ferrari. Oh, so good. And the chief instructor is Andy Wallace of uh, Le Mans winner. Well, yeah, Who's completely. Absolutely the nicest legend. bloke in the yeah, world. Yeah. And at the end of it, and there's like some engineering challenges. And at the end of it, you get a little driving license. So we did our first one oh, with I sort of friends that. and family. That's, And then we're going to look at sort of developing that later in the year. What's the next age year? that... 
Well, the cars technically are supposed to be, we can't, we don't market to a sub 14 okay. years old because they are fast. Um, and there's also an EU, random EU voltage rule, which means we have to do that. Um, realistically, we, I think the youngest person we had was about nine. Oh, I have an eight-year-old. We're close. Yeah. <laughs> I can wait. <laughs> Not far off. But it, but it was great. And it was a brilliant day. And just seeing the smiles when people are driving, driving yeah. these cars around and the f- photographs afterwards. Oh, it was okay. so much fun. When you um, do, do you approach a company like a brand first and say, we would love to make this, this and this car miniature? Or do brands come to you? Or is it a bit of both? A, a bit of both. A bit of a mix and match. We... we we had in our, for example, with Ferrari, I think we approached Ferrari and then we had three suggested models and they're like, I oh, know, we've already made up our mind. We know what we want to do. It has to be the 250 Testarossa. Oh, yeah. um, and fortunately, it was one of the three we suggested. So that was really straightforward. Um, some brands have sort of approached and said, you know, we'd really like to do this. And we're sort of going, oh. Because one of the challenges with new cars, there's so much detail mm. that you put in. And we, we try and tick that authentic box and it becomes just incredibly expensive. Mm. We, um, we went round, I have to be careful to say, one partner's factory um, we haven't announced yet. And we were looking and they, they were making the steering wheels for their cars. And they said, one steering wheel takes four days. Wow. Oh, and, wow. And we were just only thinking, ah, yeah, this is, um, is going to be tricky to, to do in a way that's remotely cost effective. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. In terms, that's a question. In terms of the actual fabrication and build of, of your cars yourselves, like obviously you're you're not a massive factory being able to build these these full scale uh, machines. You are a small company. How are you doing things like fabrication, building steering wheels that you know in a factory take four four days? And you think, okay, well, we need to do the same, and we're, we're not we're, these this brand. How do you do that? manufacturing process for me i suppose i'm interested in the fabrication as well when you're trying to fabricate a you know a bugatti or a ferrari it's that's a lot of what, what are they made out of so it's a lot of questions in a short <laughs> little sentence it's uh, we, we do all the design in-house mm-hmm. uh, we don't do all the fabrication because we'd have to buy metal folding machines all that kind of stuff yeah. but we we assemble all the cars in-house as well so we have partners for various bits so for example um the steering wheels i think most if not all of our steering wheels are made by nardi in italy mm. Like uh, Ferrari, some of the Ferrari wheels being made by Barani. Um, there's some are made by Torino. We got these great brand partners. We work with Brembo for the brakes now. I love that. So we got we got Brembo disc brakes <laughs> on cool. the on the DB5. I was test driving it last night, and putting this, you stand the brakes on it, it's like hitting a wall. <laughs> um, we got Bilstein dampers on the Ferrari. We got Ibac spring. We got all the partners, partner companies that sort of get the get the kit, and then we assemble them all in house. Um, and we always wanted to you know, have that McLaren factory look mm. when we were there. Um, and yeah, and, and we do all our software coding in-house. Yeah, we, we stick with what we're good at. And we've, our team is made up of proper automotive engineers. So uh, people from Jaguar, Landro, Aston Martin, our, our engineering director, used to be chief engineer at Ariel and at TVR, guys from Noble, Genetta, Regan Radical, all the kind of well-known British brands, the, the stuff as a country we're really good at. Mm. So... Yeah, we we try and assemble in house. That's the that's the plan and design of thing. I suppose that's that's the main thing about anything that we, that you're creating. Unless you are like the brand that does it it all, the best you can do is surround yourself with the best people to do their best jobs, and then you you're the the middle person that can bring it all together and create that final beautiful product. So that's it. And I think a lot of people don't realise that their their favourite motoring manufacturers, their OEMs. Ferrari, Lamborghini, or Bentley, or BMW, whoever it is, they assume that BMW. Ferrari, Lamborghini, and every other brand, Aston Martin, make everything. Make their own suspension components, make their own springs, make their own discs. No, they don't. Not at all. Nope, they go to Brembo for the discs. They go to Ibac for the springs. Well, they more than that, John, they, they very rarely make their own uh, pre-cars. Well, I've completely lost my brain because I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> pre-cars? C, C, it begins with C. Concept, Concept? cars. Ah, yes. Thank you. Sorry, I'm very yeah. tired. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, These brands very rarely make their own concept cars. They go That's to coach right. builders. They outsource. Yeah. They design and then say, there you go. And yeah. then then they'll figure out how they make it when they're happy. So yeah, that's a it's a myth to think that a, a big mark does it all. Yeah. yeah, but I and I love the fact that anyone, if they in the same way that if they were going for a, a tour around the Aston Martin factory, they will see boxes that say Ibac on the side, or Olens, or Brembo, or Nardi. You know, there are there are parts that come in in these big boxes, and they're going to see those same parts boxes in your factory. That's it. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And one of one of the big challenges because coming up with an idea for a new car company is really easy, and we've seen mm. lots of these 
companies sort of um, start and then fail very sadly. We, from the beginning, I said, if it moves, we buy it off the shelf. So, okay. for example, if you know, we could, we could spend five years trying to design our own differential mm. and then another five years testing it and find it fails after four and a half years and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So the stuff we focus on, the authenticity and the, and the bits like the, the suspension geometry and all that bit, so it's customised to our design. Things like differentials we buy in because they're well proven. And yeah, we, we go through a full car testing programme, so I think the Ferrari's done like 5,000 kilometres now of testing. Wow. In a little car, which is absolutely not necessary. <laughs> you know, we, we've done EMC testing, we do uh, braking testing, we do the elk test, we do all these kind of tests. Really? Just to go way beyond what you need. because because you've got your own version of John already in-house? Oh, we've got interns. <laughs> and they're brilliant. They say, come, yeah, come, come summer job, come drive Ferraris. <laughs> so, oh, this sounds brilliant. Two days later, they're sunburned. Having <laughs> <laughs> done 3,000 kilometres. In a little car. Brilliant. Oh. I mean, would that be something you'd, you'd ever be able or want to do? At like um, I don't know, like literally road trip in one of one of your cars, <laughs> and uh, we've already said that become, they're, they're not currently you know road legal, but surely for even just like promotion point of view, that'd be quite incredible to be able to say that you've travelled to Italy and you've... you could do a little tour. Oh, a little tour, yes. A little tour company. <laughs> I was about to say go off to like Italy, but you're right, you could just go to I know Wales. <laughs> oh. It's not quite as gra- glamorous as Italy, but. We'd, we'd love to do something like a Gumball 300. Yeah. <laughs> Gum, no, Gum, a Gumball 30. Gumball 30, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'd be brilliant. We'd love to do something like that. But no, we, we're, we're actually putting one of our own cars. We're, we are putting it through a test as a quadricycle for overall safety. Just to, you know, we try and tick every box and it seemed like another one we could do. So we said, right. And in theory, that will mean that we'll be able to put number plates on it afterwards. So if you're around Bista, you might see a Bugatti disappearing down the road. <laughs> that is brilliant. Do they have things like chassis numbers? Like, is that a, like, I don't know, would it be a, I don't know what you'd call it. Would it, would it be a chassis number where you have, like, your, your matching? Like a VIN. Like a VIN, yes, number. yeah. Yeah, we had, we, we, it was one of the things we hadn't really thought about at the beginning, but we, to become a car manufacturer, and we are now a proper car manufacturer, you have to register your own sort of VIN codes <laughs> and the, all the different letters and stuff mean it. So, yeah, we have an official VIN plate on there. That's cool. And we also give all the cars their own chassis numbers. Yeah. So, at the 500 Bugattis, we did an auction, because we knew that there would be lots of people who would want 35, so we did an auction um, of the sort of chassis numbers that people might want, and then we for charity, and then we gave Brilliant. it sort of um, yeah, automotive friendly charities around uh, Bista, which is quite nice fantastic. actually. Yeah, we're very grateful that. to our clients that they were supportive of that. That's yeah. cool. Oh, that's fantastic. When, sorry, I keep asking all these questions now. <laughs> when it comes to oh, Amy wants to move in. Oh, yeah, can I come <laughs> and play? <laughs> when you can think about the design point of view and the the their electric uh, vehicles. Do you decide, or have you decided to keep the exhausts onto these cars, or to, to keep with the originality, or did you think actually we won't bother with those because it would never be needed, or how? Yeah, what have you done with that thought process? So we we have this rule: nothing fake. So we can repurpose. So for example, the like the the old fuel pump on the on the Bugatti is now the gear selector. So you rotate it rather than pull it in and out. But anyone who has a classic Bugatti immediately pulls it off. As soon as they get in the car, which uh, is of course. we didn't really think that through, but um, <laughs> muscle memory. Yeah. <laughs> but we we repurpose, but we have nothing fake. That's that's the rule. So none of the cars have exhausts. And one of the things we did on the Ferraris, we realised that there was this big black exhaust, which you don't really notice, but it runs under the car. Mm. If we got rid of that, it would uh, look at the cars on stilts, and it would really right. spoil the spoil the stance. So the team essentially they they put a black. They dropped the seat by about four inches, uh, three inches, mm-hmm. and then put a black spit on the side. So it now looks like it's hunkered down to the ground, but it also means that the driver's lower and their centre of gravity's lower. So it handles, handles even better. So it's about, for us, it's about finding clever, reusing what's already there where we can. You know what I really like about this is that when you tell a layman, oh, yes, it's a little com- car company, you know, they make little Bugattis, little Ferraris, little Aston Martins or whatever. I mean this respectfully. It sounds like a gimmick. as jo- I mean, John <laughs> used the word toy to start with. But hearing the detail and the passion that you have and the parts and the access, and you, know, you care about the handling of this thing. You know, this isn't just something to shuttle you around a racetrack. Because I can see, I, I know lots of racing drivers, and I can see instead of them getting a golf cart, they're going to get one of these because yeah. it's a really cool yeah. way to get around a, different circuits and so on. The fact that it's going to handle like a Ferrari is... I mean, that's down to you and how much you care. I think that's really important. It's not a gimmick and a toy, is it, really? It's, we want to do a proper job. Bugatti 
are not going to do this. You know, you get hand this opportunity to make something so special. Mm. You've got to do. You've got responsibility to do it properly. Yeah. And 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 we went into insane amounts of detail. We didn't really need to. The Ferrari we're going to do a race pack that has a brake bias adjuster in it. I mean, <sighs> it's that level of it's honouring the badge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you've got to, you've got to, and the 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 because we did such a proper job on the Bugatti, it opened the door to everybody else. Yeah, and now they sort of trust us. They, you know, they, the feedback from the Ferrari, they we were sent to over to the factory. They did the setup, got the handling sign sign off on the track with their test driver, and then they said, oh yeah, one thing, would, would you mind just taking off some of your badges on it and just leaving the Ferrari ones on? And we were uh, like, definitely. that is the best compliment you could have paid us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, if you get this opportunity, you've got to do it properly. You can't, we couldn't have cut corners and tried to, you know, get that suitcase full of money to the Maldives. <laughs> <laughs> Although that still remains very enticing. I, I mean, I'm loving this. I don't want to probe if I'm not allowed to, and I'm kind of looking <laughs> looking to my left looking just as Emily, much yeah. as I am to my right. Um, but we've sort of, we've mentioned Aston, Ferrari and Bugatti, and you said, oh, then there's something else we're not, a, we haven't mentioned yet. You didn't say we're not allowed to mention it yet. Is that is that something I'm allowed to unlock, or are we not? Is there a f- the one that we did talk about beforehand, which I think will be fine because this will go out after that embargo. Uh, yeah, the f- the, I've just we've just had some finger guns across the table, <laughs> which, were actually which again I still don't know whether you've been thing. shot down. Or, or are we allowed to talk about the finger gun thing? Okay, yeah. so Andy, it's a bit like therapy, isn't it? <laughs> we can, within this room, we can talk about it. We can't talk it out, about it outside. That's it. That's it. I mean, the microphones are on and recording. I have told you that, so we're safe. <laughs> Who's the fourth brand? So the the next one we're doing is it is we call it a new car. It's um, tying with the new. James Bond movie. Exactly. Uh, okay. And it's it's along the lines of the Goldfinger continuation cars <laughs> where they made brand new DB5s with all the Goldfinger guns. Yeah. And we we hadn't really planned it when we first started doing the DB5. But what we've done is we've worked on the new movie uh, with the guys who did all the stunts and yep. all the gadgets. And we've stuffed all the gadgets from the new No Time, no Time to Die movie into our little car. As well. That oh, is awesome. Because um, because Aston did a version of this full scale headlights will pop out yeah, and so on, you know, the, the, yeah. which looked enormous fun. But I was always kind of like, yeah, but that's very limited. I mean, there's there's only so much you can do with that. You're not <laughs> not really having guns coming out of the headlights. That's kind of a toy. You doing it is really fun because actually. If you've got that sort of cash and you've got an estate, you can play Bond with your kids, and that's really oh, cool. It's brilliant. We, it's not. It's it's been. Um, it's it's a new car essentially underneath. We've got the DB5 already, but stuffing those gadgets in, like the, the headlights and the new car drop in the movie, and then these kind of um, mini guns come out the front. Yeah. Now in the movies, they use compressed air. Goes out once, cuts, pull it back in, put the headlight back up, job done. We've got to do it so it works five thousand times. Before you have yeah. any problems, at least. Yeah. And it's been the engineering team have done a superb job. So we got so the gadgets we've got we've got the the mini guns and the headlights. Yep. And there's a machine gun noise. We've got a, a speaker which is noise. Is. LEDs flashing <laughs> away. Um, we've got the in the new movie car. I'm not even sure this is public knowledge yet, but the um, uh, number plate no longer rotates. It's an LCD screen. Ooh, okay, oh, okay, that's wow. cool. So we've got all the movie number plates. So you press a button. And it switches through them. Oh yes. Um, Can it's you got customize a, it as well. Because uh, John wants a Mar car. In theory. <laughs> in theory. Okay. We're still in discussions about whether we're going to do that. But uh, <laughs> we did. One of the guys did hack it so that it played the um, trailer on the screen. Oh wow! Which is quite cool. cool. But I'm, cool. again, I'm not sure if we can do that with the finished cars yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we got smoke machine in the back, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, and then. One bit which we're still sort of testing is the skid mode. So that in the trailer, there's a scene where he, he, he's in a square and he gets cornered and he activates the skid mode. The guns come out and he circles around and he shoots all the people mm. around him. Like an instant donut. Exactly. So we've built in an electronic line lock onto the front tyre. So you mash your foot on the <laughs> brakes brilliant. and then go on the accelerator and it will then light up the rear wheels. It'll spin on the spot, in theory. And you can live out your Bond fantasies. Oh, now this is cool. This is really cool. How many make uh, are you making of them? 
we're we, we're only doing 125 um oh. and yeah 125 and that's gonna be it um and there's i think it's being now it's being announced about a week's time from this for this podcast this so, so it'll cool. be it's a, a podcast. few days you're ago safe. you're safe john oh, yeah, john's right. had a birthday he's now a very <laughs> he's now a very old man you know, and all that jazz. In fact, he dated Frankie Bridge for a little while. That, <laughs> that, that, that all went very wrong. She still got the book. In his dreams. He, he bored her, apparently. <laughs> uh, didn't work out. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're safe. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether the film's out when yeah, this goes it's out. out. Is it's it? Out. Yeah. John, John's we've made all sure been to the cinema. It. We've seen it. I'm still Loved it. It was very good. I really, I really yeah. liked the LED license plate. I thought that yeah, was yeah. LCD. my favourite bit. Yeah. LCD. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It was my favourite bit of it. Wow. I mean, that's awesome. It's it's living. It's brilliant fun because we we are we've got we've got an amazing team of engineers and it's a bit like living the best bits of your childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, let's what do we do next? Let's make a full size Tamiya car. Yeah, yeah, brilliant idea. Oh, what should we do next? Oh, let's put some let's be Bond. Let's make some gadgets. It's brilliant and and we are only sort of limited by imagination at the moment. So I have a suggestion for you because oh, you're on. clearly smashing it right, and everything you're doing is is premium and brilliant and exciting. So therefore, I feel you should mix it up. With a bit of Fast and Furious, you know, a, or oh no, better Mad Max, a mini Giga horse. Oh, oh! John's just looked at it like I've said the worst thing in the world. <laughs> no, a mini Giga horse would be so cool. I, I don't, I've, I don't know what I, you don't, I you don't, don't like. You don't like Shirley's Theron, do you? You're just not a, you're not a fan. Oh, Shirley's Theron, who's that? The tight blonde. No. No. One of the most gorgeous movie stars in the world. Mm. I'll have a Google. Right, you guys talk amongst yourselves. Anyway, yeah, you'll find her. You could do a mini Giga Horse. That would be really cool. You know what I mean by the Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. Right, fine. There's flaming guitars and. There you go. I'm I'm talking pyrotechnics. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the smoke nailed, why is it? I'm thinking I'm seeing seeing some nose over here. (laughs) No, we're not allowed to put actual weapons in a car. Oh, for God's sake, Emily. Oh. Yeah, a couple of candles come out instead. Killjoy oh. over oh, well, there in the corner. No, but then you could have an ultimate movie mashup. Because then you could have Bond, Fast and Furious, I mean, I'm already thinking, like, maybe this is a bit complicated, but maybe it's like 10, 15 years' time and you've really engineered, like, everything you could possibly do. Transformers. Like, something you could almost, you know, like, da-da-da-da, and suddenly it's robot. And then... Can do like sounds know, simple, doesn't it? Then <laughs> yeah, just, just make it transform. Give into us a couple of weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, yeah, a little bit of time. You know, it's it, as as Andy said, you could just suddenly think instead of just going to brands, you're like, all right, let's look at films, let's see what we can do. Because as you said, it's it's not just about making the, the the big cars little, but making the little cars big. And I think that's a fantastic way to to look at it. And also, yeah, what what things have never been made, which we could make for people to enjoy. And yeah, no, I think a Mad yeah. Max idea is a great idea, Andy. I like it. I'm amazed John isn't aware yeah, of Mad you, Max. And Charlie's the wrong. I know the film. I recognise her now, now that I've Googled her. <laughs> She's not on my radar. <laughs> she should be. Okay. <laughs> that's sorted. Okay, so one thing we haven't established is is you. Where did this Where did this come from? What's your Is your history in cars and, and production? Yeah, a little bit. I, I studied years ago. I studied manufacturing engineering when I was a student. Okay. And I wrote my dissertation working for a sports car company back in the day. But then I got tempted away to a sort of fairly dull office job in London um, and sort of came back into it, drifted back into it a few years ago when we were, I set up this company to sort of import these little non-official yeah. cars. Yeah. And it, it led to this. And it, I do have to sort of pinch myself sometimes and go. Is it just? Is it just a? Well, people say fate. Some people say fluke. Is it? Is it literally just a series of lucky happenstance that, that has led you to here, or or was there a sort of a bit of a plan that, that kind of formed and became a business model? I think it, when when I was approached by Bugatti, yeah. I could see what it could be, because um, their original plan was just to make fifty percent scale original cars. Um, so, so why did they come to you? Because you hadn't produced one at this point. No, we we were sort of selling these these sort of non-official ones yeah. in the UK. Um, and yeah, and they said, could you build us cars? Um, right. And I had to sort of justify that we could build cars because that was a slightly winging it. <laughs> but but yeah, when they came with the original idea, it was, it was going to be a, you know, like the original cars and, and 50% scale and you know, uh, sort of eight-year-olds would struggle. And, and I went to researched them and went to see a restorer and he said the biggest problem we have with these is there's a dent behind the seat where adults try and sit on the back seat and drive them themselves yes, of course. and that was the moment where i said hang on a second there's something else we could do here and hence why we went a bit bigger yeah. and 
And it, and I think it's some some decisions that I look back on and go, yeah, that was definitely the right thing to do. Um, made some terrible ones as well, but I think the decision to do it properly and go back to the original Type Thirty Five and the scan of each single component, so that the front axle is the same, the steering box is the same, and it. Andy Wallace drives Bugatti's Type Thirty Five, and he he's, helps us with the test driving as well. And he says it handles like a Type Thirty Five. What a test! That's really cool. That is amazing. Okay, so right, I've got another one for you. <laughs> Mario Kart. Ooh, yes. You know? Yes. Whilst we're thinking of making little things bigger, I mean, there's a selection of there that you could use. Again, John's furious with me. <laughs> no. I'm gate crashing. This one I support a little bit more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you watch Mad Max, you'll enjoy it. You genuinely oh, okay. would. Oh, you genuinely would. Terrible attention. No, Mario Kart would be amazing. That would be fun. You could make a selection of the, of the key vehicles. Yeah. Some digital bananas you can sort of chuck out behind you. <gasps> Yeah, some VR goggles, Boxes, on. shells you can hurl. You know, again we're getting we're getting nose over here. <laughs> but I mean, sounds expensive. This is the great thing about all of your cars is that you could again for for marketing purposes you could create full on scale like you know bits of Bond um, scenes and, and film it in the exact same way, but with your cars, which is fantastic because then you'd be able to completely be like Daniel Craig, but in your little. DB5, which I think is fantastic, and oh. just be able to, again, dress up. Just dress up, have fun. It's all about play, and I I'd love like this. I'd like to be Donkey Kong. He's in Mario Kart. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, it would be fun. One of the things we looked at, actually, as a, as a new area was seeing, we're in talks with one manufacturer about taking some of the concept cars they haven't built. Oh, oh wicked. That. that would yeah. be and really cool. making them for ourselves, which we're, it's, a, it's a way off, but it's, it's an interesting idea because we can make them in, you know, make them electric and then you know, do a limited run of cars that never got built. I have to ask because, and again, I, I feel like this, we've turned this into some sort of weird PR pitch meeting where we're all <laughs> trying to win you business that none of us can fulfil. <laughs> um, you obviously are doing a fantastic job at making existing cars little versions of them, and the Tamir, you've, you're proving. I'm, I'm sure once, once that is released to the world, the world will see, oh, and you've got the capability of making these bigger cars as well. Now, we've seen in recent weeks uh, with the at the Munich Motor Show, for example, there are suddenly, because of the new world, this new wave of EVs, there are lots of new brands that are coming up that aren't necessarily already car manufacturers, but they may be making vacuum cleaners or they may be making computers or sewing machines, whatever it may be. These new companies are coming along going, oh, well, we've got all the tech for batteries and drivetrains and motors, we can make cars. So the one I'm thinking of, there's a, there's a new German manufacturer, ACM, who are making this thing called the City One. They're going to make mass-produced um, EVs where the batteries are interchangeable and all that sort of stuff. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And feel free to say no, no way. That's a million miles away. We don't want to do it. But is is that light bulb starting to flicker in your head? Could, is this something you potentially could see yourself doing? Yeah, I think the, the Tamiya for us is a step in that direction. Yeah. Um, we've come out slightly an unusual way in that we developed this powertrain. We took a, a lot of components that were well-proven and tested and then put them together. And we sent out one of our um, test drivers in the Bugatti and said, right, see how far it goes on one battery. And the battery is about the size of a, a car battery. It's lithium-ion, but it's about that size. And he comes back and he's done, I think, 60 kilometres was the record. Right. And we're saying, oh, this is interesting. And this could be useful for something else. So for us, the Tamiya is the first stage potentially towards a wider road vehicle. 
we're not about to try and take on Tesla because, no. frankly, that's commercial suicide. Yeah. But I personally feel that there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to make another massive saloon car with eight tons of batteries in it mm. and a range of 400 miles or a pickup truck or because that's where the profits are yeah. whereas i think there is a we believe there is a opportunity for lighter weight urban vehicles mm-hmm. um you know something i think the tr- the twizzy um yeah. was yeah, very innovative yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's having driven one it's horrible to drive and it's yeah. too heavy by about 200 kilos but there's some really interesting stuff that's opening up. And there's this sort of confluence of lithium-ion techs becoming cheaper. Yeah, uh, of course. Additive manufacturing, 3D printing, that kind of stuff, making it easier to build stuff. And it means that there's this, it's really, it's a disruptive time in the automotive industry. And, and there is massive opportunities mm. if you can get it right. Yeah, of course. Um, but you've also got to realise you can't stretch yourself too far. We've, no, you know, we're a little company that's designed four cars in two and a half years. Yeah. Um, we you don't want to go too far because you've got to, you know, you've got to build the robust business behind it rather than just keep running after the ni- next shiny thing. Yeah, of course. Well, that does make perfect sense. Very good answer. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. That, it sound, I used some long words there. It sounded quite grown up. Confluence. <laughs> Confluence was the one that really got me. I, mean, I, am, wow. I haven't said that word for like four years. I was very impressed. I thought, gosh, this guy's smart, isn't he? And Confluence. Is I'm going to use that today. I don't really know what it means, but I'm going with it. <laughs> Include it. I mean, also, are you sort of pinching yourself at this point? Because this is, you know, from by the sound of things, the turnaround from Bugatti phoning you saying, can we do this? And then agreeing to the 75% scale to where we are today, which is with this amazing sounding Bond car and the Tamiya and everything else. I mean, it all sounds like it has been an absolute whirlwind. Let's throw into the fact that in in the middle of all this, we've had a pandemic and Brexit to deal with, which I'm assuming have been major spanners, little spanners in the works. <laughs> I mean, it must. are you sort of thinking to yourself, this is pretty cool, but I don't really believe it. There's, there is a little bit of that. The um, they certainly the Brexit and um, COVID were certainly not small spanners. They were massive. We had the Bugatti wheels uh, for the production cars were supposed to arrive, I think, in February 2020. And they arrived in November 2020. Wow. And you can't... The big trouble with the car is, I think the, the Bugatti's got about 800 parts in it. And if you don't have one part, you can't build a car. Oh, of course, because I guess it would be you take that part and then once you've done that bit, it leads on to the next bit, which leads on to the next bit. So suddenly you're stuck in one bit. It's not like you can finish the rest of the car and then finish that bit at the end. It's literally you can't continue with you that. Get, you are stuck. And it, 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 it took us back about... It's like Technic's Lego. And it's missing that one key <laughs> bit and then you can't continue. No! It's infuriating when it happens. It's it's not and we, slightly slightly more worrying for you. <laughs> yeah, you're doing business. a business, yeah. more expensive. Yeah, it's and, the same. <laughs> and I, I think it, we were pushed back by about a year from uh, COVID. Um, our battery suppliers are based in Holland, and we used to be able to get batteries overnight for testing because we actually we've got these kind of really cutting edge battery uh, modular pluggable batteries we use. Okay, um, and we're doing the development with them at the moment. But it used to take a day; we could just get them overnight. Uh, from Holland sent over the latest code. Now it's two weeks, which just hammers is, you. Is that COVID or is that Brexit? That's Brexit, that one. Yeah. So I, I think people are still not really sort of wanting to, wanting to acknowledge that Brexit has really hamstrung the car industry. Yeah. I mean, in, I know lots of industries and you, don't, you just need to go into a supermarket right now and see mm. there are a lot of empty shelves. People are denying it, but it is true. But the car industry in particular, people said ahead of time, I remember Andy Palmer in particular was really saying, you don't understand that the, the next day mentality we have mm-hmm. for production is about to be derailed in the biggest possible way. A two-week wait for something you could have got overnight in a, in a, in a car is colossal. Oh, it's, it's enormous. And you've also got the chip shortage, which we were thinking, ah, oh, it's pretty fine, it's not going to bother us. Suddenly we get a phone call from one of our suppliers making electronic components. They're like, uh, yeah, you used to be on a full, we'd order something and four weeks later we'd turn up. And now they're saying, yeah, yeah, uh, order it. And 22 weeks later, it's going to turn up. And we're like, what do we do for the other 18 weeks where we're waiting for that thing to come in? So uh, there's just, it's been, it's a a pretty, I I wake up every morning, I pinch myself because we're having a whale of a time. Yeah. But the the amount of work the team have put in and the late nights and making everything work, it's it's certainly not been a sort of uh, easy run. And uh, we, we are quite grateful 
we've had some good help from investors and things like that along the way, which have kept us kept us going. Well, the fact that you can say to an investor, I tell you what, listen, just come and have a skid. Yeah. Chuck out, chuck out some smoke. Yeah, just have a little skid. Donuts, things well, It's going to be a couple more weeks, but nonetheless, <laughs> have a jump in here. You can shoot at me in, <laughs> yeah. my, uh, in, in my Aston Martin Bond car. Yeah. yeah. The clients as well. We had this thing where we were supposed to be, you know, we're hoping to be delivering cars, I think Q1, Q2 last year. Uh, yeah, last year. And then we had to phone the clients up and say, look, COVID's happened. We're really sorry. It's gonna, there's going to be a delay. And they were brilliant. They were supportive. They said, look, don't worry. You're on track. Just get them when you can. So we, and we had to, you know, we wrote lots less, kept them really informed. But we were so grateful for their patience. Otherwise, we would have been properly stuffed. Yeah. Do you get, like, repeat customers as in, like, people thinking, I want the set. So they, they end up thinking, you know what, every every time you produce a car, you're like, I've got the whole little car company collection. Is that is that a thing? Yeah, it, funny enough, we found this out today. We were, we were wondering, and we were thinking, because um, we've, we've built about 50 cars, I think of which 30 have gone to customers. And about, of those 30 cars, I think uh, five, six, about five or six have... Getting the nod, that's right, right numbers. <laughs> Five or six, they got their first car and they immediately ordered another one. Amazing. So a different model, uh, which was lovely. And it's, I think, because a lot of people, because of COVID and everything else, have never seen one of the cars in the flesh. When it actually arrives, they you know, they maybe were expecting a toy and they get Bugatti Baby and they're like, oh, ah, right. Well, that, that was my reaction completely when I first came to the factory and Emily convinced kindly invited me down to come and have a look and and i was expecting that i was I, i've seen there are other companies that make a similar product as far as i was concerned it was a similar product it was a small scaled down version of a car that you can sit on and drive around but you look at it and it is very much a toy it's plastic bits on it and it's kind of you can see wires sticking out and other bits and pieces which you'd expect to see in a toy and then suddenly i turn up to the little car company and well, you and I walked around one of your Bugattis and you were explaining how everything was scaled down. And I just remember thinking, this is so posh. Like, this is so <laughs> unbelievably posh. And and I, I had a, a sneak peek of the Ferrari before the world got to see that. And I remember just thinking the same thing, like, oh, God, this, these things are so high quality. So I can completely understand it, completely and utterly. It's a bit like that. Um, there's, a, there's a great statistic that I, my previous life, I used to work in the travel and hospitality industry. The vast majority of holidays that are booked are booked straight after the holiday they've just got, come back off of. And I'm sure it is exactly the same when buying your product because they get the product, they go, oh my God, it's the best thing I've ever seen. More. Just yeah. want more. They want to ride that excitement and just get more of it. It's brilliant. Oh, it, it, we're, we're really lucky. And, and we, we when people don't see it because of COVID and everything else, you haven't, not everyone's been able to see the cars. When they actually do see it for the first time, you, you get some, you know, you get to get rid of these questions they had. Yeah. So like first one would be, you know, we always get asked, aren't Ferrari pissed at you because you're yeah. putting logos on the on your cars and we're like no no this is a ferrari yeah this is not a little car company car this is a ferrari we yeah. just happen to build it and we yep. help them design it and it's always like a collaboration as well so we had uh with aston martin they decided they wanted because we were taking a f uh, four-seat car taking a two-seat car they wanted to have input on how we redid the seating and do that so they helped us design that bugatti were very helpful with all the design work and they gave us tooling and all that kind of stuff and ferrari you know they allowed us to go into the um, Classiche archives, get the original paper drawings of the chassis uh, from the 1950s. We scanned it. We then re recreated it in three in 3D, and then that's the chassis under the car. So it is a perfect 75% replica of the original really cool. curved that tubes. That experience and in itself, just walking. I'm, I'm imagining dusty rooms with rolls of. It's actually very very clean. It's, oh, it's, it? it's like one of those temperature like purely like scientific kind of laboratory that somehow got lots Cryogenic of yeah lab. you've popped his dream there Amy. sorry yeah i mean I, no it's, it's just in this light shining a, through I the top windows i wanted a man windows. in a brown <laughs> lab jacket and blowing off an old book or something like that but no all right it's a posh room fine but it's, they're brilliant and, they're, and the trick has been to do it as a partnership rather than just like yeah. make a car say do you like it brilliant there you go just stick a logo on it's it's not it's all of these have been like a collaboration from day one and the other thing is when customers get the get the cars they see it's not a toy mm. uh, we want to do a race series with them um because they are fun and you know, i was lucky enough yesterday to be drifting around the track <laughs> vista 
when it closed down. The nice thing is we can go under the barriers. They're so small. <laughs> you can drive under the barriers. That's brilliant. Put a helmet on and then we just go drifting around the track when they're nice. at night. The race series is fun. You need yes. little trophies, though. Oh, little, tro- little podium, little <laughs> trophies. Do you, I mean, do you, I can't imagine anybody ever saying no to you guys. Like, if you, if you come, go, go to brand and go, hey, can we, can we make this with, with your cars? That'd be an honour. Do you ever get people go, actually, no, it's, it's not for us? Is that, is that a thing? No, we, we've been really lucky so far. I think we, we're speaking to, I've got to be really careful. <laughs> we are speaking to, we've, we've, we've got six projects of which we've announced five okay. so far. And we're speaking So which to is them. the one we're missing? What's the... Oh, I can't... <laughs> <got it. laughs> I'm getting the choppy neck sign. That's very big, full on choppy very neck. Very yeah. neck. <laughs> from Emily across the room there. When Andy asked it, I thought I would wonder how this is going to yeah. go. Oh, yeah. I thought we were going to get it, but Emily was just like... <laughs> on it. T- turning off the microphone now. <laughs> no! <laughs> we got it. We've got another 12. And oh, wow. we've not so far... Everybody we've worked with or probably spoken to is, is keen to do it. So we've... Had a so far touch wood, hundred percent success rate. Um, right. And what's nice is that because they've seen what we've done before, nobody's everyone knows we can do it. And yeah. you know we've gone through the incredible amount of paperwork you need to do from everything from safety legislation, regulation, all that kind of stuff. We've mm. done it. It was so painful first time round, but now yeah. we can just we put in the photocopier, job done. Do you have to do things like crash testing? Um, mind that would be a very expensive crash test. Quite yeah. painful as well. I can yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that as well. I would have thought you just kind of like if it's electric, can you not like remote control it or something from a, from afar and then with a dummy in it or something like that? That's what they do, isn't it? Usually. Yeah, it is what they yeah. do. Yeah. One of our engineers already hacked the Tamiya. Uh, we've got a kind of buggy which we use for development. He's already hacked it so that the power is controlled by the by remote oh, control. That's cool. Oh, really. <laughs> and so we got this idea really? about like a full size Tamiya race. With, anyway, we'll, we'll see. That's a, that's on the kind of nice to do list rather than the uh, high priority. But um, we we do all the braking tests. We don't do crash tests. We do all the braking tests. So we kind of like take it to Millbrook and we check we stop quickly enough. And we have all these. We have an independent safety uh, consultancy that comes in and says, right, you know, these are the possible things. We on the Bugatti they found a, a point of the handbrake that you could get a finger trapped. So we built a gator for it and we put a leather gator on it and all these kind of elements mm. that. What's waterproof, what's not, and and we're low voltage as well. So we there's this this thing. Fifty volts is apparently the cutoff for when things become a bit serious. So with a Porsche uh, Taycan, you can charge it at four hundred or eight hundred volts, mm-hmm. which is great. But you need so much safety because you put a person touches that, or you get a loose yeah, connection, you've, yeah. you're frazzling people. Whereas Below 50 volts, it's considered safe for low voltage. So that's where we go. It means we can't get as much power out and we have to do more to manage heat. But it does mean that we are confident. I would I would hold both bits of the battery, probably not for very long, but <laughs> yeah, 50 volts is considered uh, in the industry to be safe. We have to remember as well that a lot of people that are going to be buying your products, they are going to be gifts, albeit for extremely lucky children. Yeah. But there are going to be children and little fingers and inquisitive minds that are going to be want to be twisting and playing and pulling and prodding. So, yeah, there's, I'm, I'm sure that there's no parent in the world that's going to say, oh, no, but it's a bit slower to charge and it's not going to have as much of a range if they know that <laughs> little Oscar's not going to get a spiky haircut. That's it. We, we were very <laughs> cautious. We knew, though we kind of, uh, we, 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 the cars only marketed at 14 plus. We did know from the very beginning that people would put inexperienced drivers in there. So one of the nice things with digital powertrains is you can do different drive modes. Yeah. So we've got, there's a, for example, the Bugatti key. You can turn it to uh, uh, position one. You get one kilowatt and you get 12 kilometers an hour top speed. Mm-hmm. And then you just remove the key. And it's got like a remote control key fob, which kills the car from up to 50 meters. And then beyond 50 meters, the car dies anyway. So right. we have to think through all these things in advance. That one, well, there's a small story on that. Uh, <laughs> that one we had from early, but we didn't have the sort of automatic cutoff beyond 50 meters. And nice. we had one of our engineers, his daughter, we were sort of testing it with the younger drivers. And he, she accidentally went out of range and he was like going, bang, stop, 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 and hit something expensive. <gasps> she was, she was she absolutely hit? fine. She was very, very slow. I'm not, I'm not actually going to say what, what happened. Um, was, it, was it another vehicle or was it a piece of art? It was quite expensive, let's say. Um, <laughs> but we sort of learnt that maybe the key fob needs to work 
with this range thing as well. But uh, yeah, she was important thing. She was absolutely she fine. was okay. Yes, yeah. and she hit it at one mile an hour. Right. Still managed to do Objects a lot of damage though. Was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it the object the that was expensive. The expensive wow. object. And if ruined. you can do damage to something at one mile an hour, that's that. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining a, a huge Fabergé egg. That's yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. On wheels. Nobody said anything about wheels. <laughs> Let's. Can we? Can we just delve into into you a little bit more? And a, a question. In fact, this is feedback that I got today from one of our dear listeners. Um, the feedback being, it's always great hearing about amazing people you get on your podcast and the amazing businesses that they have succeeded in building. Um, but a lot of people love knowing what our guests drive. Now you turned up today in something quite cool that definitely yeah, isn't it electric. Is quite cool. um, True. And and you can del you can open this this uh, this book as, as wide or as keep it as shut as you want. Um, are you would you describe yourself as a real petrol head in the sense of cars that you own or have owned? Def- definitely, yeah. I, I kind of when I was a kid, I I was always trying to. Um, I was in the dad's workshop, and I was always trying to um, take engines apart mm-hmm. and make them work. It's, it's why I studied engineering in the end, um, mainly because I didn't know how to put them back together. Yeah. That was the idea of doing the degree. But I've, I, you know, when I was about eighteen, uh, you know, I had my student loan, and insurance was crazy expensive. And I spotted a loophole in that classic car insurance wasn't. So I bought this old MGB Roadster, which I hadn't driven for seven. It hadn't moved for seven years. I spent a summer kind of getting it going again, and that was my daily driver at uni. Cool. It was. Um, it was diarrhea beige. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, lovely thing. We did manage to get bowel movements in there. Uh, and yeah, I love that thing. And then had a sort of slight moment with it and it had to be recycled. And um, <laughs> we won't go into that. And then I've, yeah, and I've, uh, since then I've always had older classic cars. So um, that was followed by an MGB Roadster with a V8 in it, mm-hmm. which I've still got. It's got mice living it. Nice. Living in it in my mum's barn, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> then I had a, I think I had a, uh, had a, a Subaru Legacy GTB. Brilliant. Super ah. underrated. Yeah, Love those cool. cars. Two litre turbo. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, and it was, it was always a bit of a gamble. Whenever you put your foot down, it had done 150,000 miles when I bought it. Uh-huh. And you never quite knew if it was going to make it to the end of the journey. It was always the excitement <laughs> of putting your foot down and wondering if you're going to see the... I thought you were head gasket say, explode. Yeah, I, I got a friend of mine from school ages, like teenage college years. He managed to get a Subaru Legacy, and it had the the strangest boost fault. And you could plant your foot, and it would either give you all the boost at once, like the fastest thing in the world, or nothing would happen. I, that's what I thought you were going to say. Because <laughs> I think that's quite a common thing with those Legacies. Yeah, they're they're brilliant things. So underrated. And I think I, I think I bought it. It was about eight eight nine years old. Bought it for seventeen hundred quid. Drove it around the Alps um, on a on a road trip. And then sold it for seventeen hundred fifty quid. Perfect. The, Motoring. Brilliant. Technically, although the insurance was a thousand pounds a year, <laughs> and then it cost me um, two and a half grand in a gearbox change. Ah. Apart from that, yeah. per- brilliant value. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'd always wanted, always wanted an old nine eleven. Uh, I love the nine six four nine elevens, and so I found one on eBay once. Sight and bought it sight unseen on a Monday morning when everyone else is there weekly meetings mm-hmm. and I've had that I had that as my daily drive for 10 years so oh, 1989 Carrera 4 which I've still got I was going to say I hope you've still got that yeah yeah I'm not saying that Good. I'm not letting it into the hands of guys like Singer who are just gutting 9 yeah exactly it's I mean they're going to look car soon. they're going to look back and go Singer what were you doing yeah. um, and then I it, it was becoming well they're, they're not cheap things to run because mm. um, I, I had the headlights nicked once and I Wow. So I you went had headlights nicked? Headlights and rear lights nicked on it. And I, cu- I couldn't figure it out. And I went out one day and it's just gone. And I was trying to think, why the hell would someone steal the headlights on a 911? You find out they're a thousand pounds each. That's right. Wow. And I went straight onto eBay thinking, wondering, am I about to buy my own headlights back? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, but it wasn't practical and it was kind of you know, temperamental. So I need, I, I'm doing driving a lot for work. So I bought a, I thought I'd get a sensible Japanese hatchback just to sort of keep me going um and i got a gtr instead <laughs> i thought that you were going to say that is the sense of japanese i did because ultimately I did. is it a hatchback on those or oh, no it's a boot isn't it yeah, yeah. but yeah you know sensible japanese car yeah but they're reliable they're brilliant things yeah they gtr are. they they are too fast the road i didn't you know i've got a high tolerance for speed but i yeah i i 
they are too fast for the road. It's, it's been to Litchfield as well. So Oh, Christ. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tracked it last on Tuesday at Snesterton. Um, and it was brilliant fun. But down the main straight, you're getting close to 150 miles an hour. Wow. And everybody else, you know, the MX-5s, which are proper track cars, are just disappearing in the mirror. Aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And then you put the brakes on and you can feel two tonnes, almost two tonnes. You can see your tyre bill. You see the pound, ten pound notes just yeah. flying out the window for new tyres and brakes. But no, they're brilliant things. At least you get your most out of your lunch. Oops. Oh, there you are again. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days. Uh, I mean, listen, it sounds so exciting. You know, everything that seems to be coming out of the little car company is just. It, it's not cute. It's cool. Mm. It is cool. Yep. You know, it's 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 a thrilling company to watch from the sidelines. I can speak from experience that. There are only two things that John Markar speaks with genuine passion about. <laughs> and one of them isn't Charlie's Theron yet. It's anything BMW over about £80,000 these days and anything you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. He's genuinely sort of absolutely buzzing. I think he's been down a couple of times, hasn't he? So it, it's not, John doesn't fake these things. <laughs> so we're absolutely delighted to, to have had the chance to chat to you. Thank you very much for bringing us up to speed with where you're at. I feel like with 12 more projects on the go, there's more to say quite soon. Fingers crossed, and thank thank you for having us. Brilliant. Bring it on. Sure. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat Podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven Podcast in your preferred podcast app, or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.